I think after Sproutward, I was definitely intrigued by working for a company rather than an agency because of that realization I had that I, I really liked looking into that creative analysis and looking at like the company's strategy, but it was a little frustrating in that agency world, not being able to make those decisions mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you have to like clear it all or like, it's just a recommendation for the client. That's Caroline Costa on the nuances between different opportunities and professional marketing roles. And this is Phoebe Drummond with Webcast. I'm here with Caroline Costa. She is a 2022 BC grad. She studied marketing and business analytics, and she started full-time with Kava in July of this year. And I'll pass it off to her for a little bit more information. We're going to talk about the marketing major. We're going to talk about her different experiences, not only recruiting, but working in marketing, big trends that she sees today. I'm so excited to have you, Caroline. Yeah, it's so great to be here. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, so a little more background. I'm from Rye, New York, and came to BC actually marketing and finance, but I had a little bit of a swerve there with transitioning to business analytics and then kind of jumped around, wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do, but found myself now as a product analyst, uh, which is within the branch sort of, you'd say, of product management at Kava, which is the food Mediterranean uh, fast casual restaurant, which is similar to Chipotle. If you haven't been, you kind of go down the line and make your bowl or whatever you want. Um, it's really good, and I'm I liked it before I worked there, so you can't. It is really else. good, and that's yeah. always a fun thing to circle back and work for like a product based company that you know and you love. Yeah, exactly. When I told my friends um from home growing up that I was going to work for them, they're like, "That makes so much sense. We <laughs> love Kava." I was like, "I know." I focus on the website at Kava. Um, within our team, I'm on the digital product team. And so there is a handful of us that focus on the app and a handful of us that focus on the website. And so, yeah, it's a lot of kind of figuring out the functionality of the site and how it should flow from a user perspective and obviously decreasing all the pain points as much as we can for that. And so we definitely work really closely with the marketing team. We're technically a separate team within the company, but a lot of back and forth with uh, designs and they give us like the copy uh, for what the, what they want the website to say. So yeah. So it's really collaborative, which is really fun. And I actually, that's super interesting that you started as finance and then transitioned to business analytics and kept marketing the whole time because I have heard conversations, been a part of conversations on campus and just with people in general that there's this pressure to go into this, like see some finance culture or finance culture in general. Did you, what was your thought process going in versus transitioning out? Yeah, I definitely went in kind of thinking finance because I was pretty mathy um, in high school. And then, so I figured, you know, finance is obviously right. math heavy, like that's perfect. I'll be good at it. Uh, we'll go with that. And then I'm also somewhat creative. So the marketing would fulfill that side of me, a perfect match. And then kind of starting to take basic finance. I was not loving the material <laughs> so much. And then I joined one of the investment banking kind of prep groups sort of uh, okay. on this. Mm-hmm. And then again was kind of, reiterated to me that I did not entirely connect with that career path. And I was starting to 
be able to take some marketing classes because I'm sure you're all familiar at BC. It's so hard to get into a lot of those basic classes. Until into you're like, classes. Yeah, <laughs> as sophomore. So I was like for a year and a half, I'm like, yeah, I'm a marketing and finance major, having not taken either of those classes yet. So then I finally took them. Um, yeah, so I had liked the marketing one and realized I wasn't loving the finance track. And looking back, I realized I actually really enjoyed my analytics requirement class, which I think they've changed now. But for my year, it was modeling for business analytics. Right. So my year was the last year that they have that. And now it's something along those lines, but it's just, it's called something different. Right. Exactly. So I really liked that class, which obviously has a lot of kind of that math influence and work still, but in a different side of math in that sense. So I liked that a lot more. So I ended up switching and doing that, which... Um, I'm very happy with now, but yeah, so that was kind of my, my path. And I definitely felt like there was a lot of that, like kind of push and, um, like funneling into that, like finance. Mm, That's a great word for it. Yeah. And, and it's like the trio of like finance, consulting, accounting, and I, out of those three, I think finance is probably like most interesting to me but also having not looked into consulting a ton, which maybe is a potential regret for me. Um, but so yeah, not liking finance, not having looked into consulting much. And I knew accounting was not for me. My dad right. did that. And I was like, no, no, no. Um, so it was definitely kind of hard. I feel like figuring out how to get jobs and mm. where to, where to look for jobs. Yeah. And- I feel like the follow-up there is, they have like the investment banking career prep group. Uh, they have investment club, all sorts of different finance based groups on campus. Did you have trouble even before looking for internship opportunities to find a marketing specific outlet on campus? Or were you doing the marketing role in some of your other organizations at BC? Or how are you working and developing that interest outside of your classes? Yeah, I honestly regret not going to more marketing club related events. Mm. I know there's like the marketing academy. Marketing Academy, yeah. Yeah, okay. And then and I think there's other clubs too that have or like my roommate was in um Win and then obviously there's WIB and I was not actually very active. I'm not I can't even say not very. I was not active in any of those. And I definitely regret, especially like the marketing one, not going to more of the seminars or or even like going to the meetings. But I had a lot of conflicts with my dance team, DOBC, if there's anyone listening that's on it. Um but yeah, so I didn't end up really going to a lot of that, um, which I do regret, but I had other like leadership roles in the dance team, not actually marketing related. So I kind of just was pretty like um, I took a lot of marketing electives. I had a lot of free space trips. I was really lucky oh, in nice. my schedule. So I was going to have an, a minor, but I didn't really want to do it. So I dropped it. And then I, so I filled a lot of slots with just random marketing classes and a couple design classes, which now I think have had a lot of impact in my job now, which I really like. The product management side of it. Yeah, I think uh, especially design thinking and strategy. Okay. Like I thought that's what you're going to say. Christy Dickinson best class ever like so and good for people who are, are listening and don't go to bc or not enrolled in the class i'm not enrolled in the class all you hear is rave reviews about yeah. this class give me the elevator pitch for it okay. I'm, I'm curious myself okay quick elevator pitch um well i'll start with even if it's on a friday and you're a senior do it it's so worth it i know it's a once a week or at least it was for us but that class fills up and there's a reason for it you look like the waitlist is so long if you can get it like you will not regret it. We 
it's just a really interesting approach and like mindset to grow in a business world. Uh, it's all about problem solving and looking at human centric design and putting like the customer uh, at the forefront of all of your decisions and the way you build a product and the professor, I mean, like she's the reason it's so good, at least for me, I know that I think another professor might teach another section of it, but she used to work at Apple and was, I think sort of in product management there, but worked on the Apple watch and is so impressive. And so she just brought such an incredible perspective and like so much knowledge to the way we look at a product and like how to serve right. a customer. It just, I think was so interesting. Like, I just love that class. And I think it brought up so many, like made me aware of so many different elements of like different companies and products and the business world that a lot of your typical CSOM classes and electives don't mm. um, kind of shed light on, which is really interesting. And yeah, definitely a lot of, the reasons I loved that class, I found have connected to the role in product management because you're building and catering a product to your customers and you want to enhance it and update it like frequently. That's kind of the whole role is like ongoing enhancements and updating to whatever product you have and or at least for us currently. And so kind of that lens of like, what is a customer going through as they use our product? How can right. we streamline it? How can we make it easier for them? Like more intuitive, all that. And so that I think is really interesting. Even like a more specific anecdote is you think about like accessibility design. Like there's a whole section on that in the class, which is really interesting. And I've been like very lucky. I don't have a lot of um, things that inhibit mm -hmm. my like experience with most products. Like other than literally being a lefty, which I can't even complain <laughs> about, but I will say there's a lot of things you don't know as a righty of think products that are made for you that don't work as well. Right. Right. That yeah. is such a good way to put that. Yeah. And so like on a very like digestible scale, I think that is like one like way to look at it, but in the website that we're building right now and working on for Kava, that's something you have to think about is even the font like choices and colors on the background of a photo, they have to pass ADA, like American Disability right. Act, um, I believe. Um, they have to pass those guidelines in order for your you not to get sued, essentially. So, um, and even beyond just the legal guidelines, like you would want it to be easier, right. better for your customers beyond like a legal setting. So um, yeah, like I think that even has influenced this and I'm all those little callbacks to that class and like, I'm so glad I took it. So if you are considering it, and even if you're not, like <laughs> definitely look into it. It's honestly, I like the the word callback that you used there because as you were speaking, I wanted to ask you this too about that being a class that you actually think about postgrad. And also we can use this to transition into some of your earlier internships. Mm -hmm. If you took that class and had a lot of retrospect into your earlier internships. I definitely... In terms of like going back to different classes, there's like, honestly, I, I don't call back to a ton of like the super specific material right. that you're learning, which I think maybe for younger listeners might be more of a shock that you're learning a lot of these things. I know. <laughs> you're maybe not like necessarily like pulling those out of your brain like every day. But um, I think a lot of it is just like how to approach different problems and how to think about um, like the brand that you're building for marketing, stuff like that. So in terms of my internship with Millie was a lot of that because it was a really small startup at that point. And I was working on their social media. So a lot of it was 
how do we build this brand and what do we want that brand to look like for customers? Right. So Millie looks super cool. Talk about what that is. Let's talk about too, how you got the internship with Millie. Millie is a charitable giving platform. So it's an app and now they have a website as well. And essentially we load money into it. And as you load that money and you get the tax reduction, which happens when you donate to charities, you don't have to pay tax on that income. And so you would have this kind of living wallet of uh, money that you could get matched with different nonprofits that were on the app and like swipe like sort of like Tinder and like swipe with them and to donate. And you could donate literally a single dollar or hundred dollars. So it was super, um, like friendly way to get into being able to be conscious with your donating. Um, because I think obviously, like, I think a lot of us don't think about where we're donating money. Like maybe it's a friend who's doing a run. And so you donate some money to that, but you can't really, it's hard to be very intentional with where you might be donating your money. If you are interested in doing that, uh, if you don't have a huge amount of money that you then have right. a, like a fund for that people are like donating for you. So you would so upload money into this electronic wallet and then different yeah. charities would kind of like stream by and you would. Oh. Yeah, it was like each week. I'm I'm honestly not up to date with how it is functioning now, but at the time it was each week, uh, three different charities would, you get matched with three different ones. You can put in your interests as well. And so if you put in like animals and stuff like that you might get like an animal nonprofit mm-hmm. or um like hunger issues and stuff like that and yeah then you could decide if you wanted to donate to them you didn't have to you could let that money like hang there for a while um yeah and so then it was a lot of like building their nonprofit list which is now like huge they have so many incredible partners um maybe it was must have been spring of freshman year and i was feeling behind for not having an internship as a literal freshman, which is right. what we'll do to you. Well, um, which is right. Right. I was yeah. about to say, that's a lot more common than you think mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, exactly. So my other friend who was in uh, CSUN with me, like same exact majors was we're literally the same person. So uh, we were both like, didn't know what we to do. And we didn't exactly know what to look for, especially because again, at that point I hadn't even taken a marketing class, right. but I'm saying I'm a marketing major, but I've done like financial accounting and business law. <laughs> so um, not to like discredit those, but you know, if I'm looking for a marketing thing, I, I truly had no experience, especially because I hadn't been putting myself out there in those marketing clubs, which again, I would definitely recommend you do if you can. But yeah, so I, she dragged me to a startup uh, career fair for like startups and stuff on campus. RBC? Oh, great. RBC. And I was very timid about market or about networking and all that. And like, honestly, until probably my senior year, I was, I hated it. And uh, so she dragged me to that. And I'm so glad I went because in general, it was really interesting to see a lot of companies. A lot of them were BC founded, like Drizzly, you might've heard oh, of. Oh yeah. 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 And there's like a handful of others that were all recruiting there for, um, internships and stuff like that. And then this is where I found Millie, uh, the, uh, CEO and founder didn't go to BC, but was based in Boston. And I think I worked with a BC student before as an intern. So knew the people and knew the type of student that we are and, and hard workers. So I had chatted with, uh, Rachel Klausner, who's the CEO founder or the CEO of Millie who's there. She was so nice. And, um, I took the business card. And so then I, 
ended up emailing her. I don't even think it was posted on the website. They didn't have a website yet, actually. Mm -hmm. They were building that when I was there. And yeah, so I emailed her and I had a couple of interviews and went with, like ended up getting the role and it was unpaid. So that's the other thing is like a lot of these freshmen, like going to sophomore right. or summer internships are unpaid. And which is really hard if you simply need to make money. So this worked out because it's part time, so I could have a, another like normal paying side job. Um, so I got it from going to that startup fair, which was I think really helpful for like an early experience like that. Rather than like I would still go to the full on career fair, but I think being open to those smaller companies can be really helpful in just finding an opportunity as an early college student. And I also want to highlight that you said there is a specific job posting. You had an interest, you emailed them. I did the exact same thing after my sophomore year. Yeah. And people are really surprised to hear those kind of success stories, more yeah. or less. They, I just want to put out there that, especially for a smaller company, mm-hmm, if totally. there's something that you're interested in, the initiative to do that in the first place already makes you such an attractive candidate. Yeah. With this being your first intro to marketing where you're saying before you didn't really have one, what was yeah. what's the big reflection on Millie? Where you went in and, and something totally unexpected you learned or you understood marketing to be in a different way? Yeah, I think I, I thought it was just interesting how much um, kind of went into like building a brand and, and figuring out how you want to communicate that in not such explicit ways like on an instagram you're not being you're not posting your mission statement necessarily on like an instagram post and then that's how you're very clearly telling uh, somebody like scrolling what your brand is about like you have to do it through kind of more slide feels like the wrong word but more kind of like nuanced ways right and like maybe what's an example of that um like even just i we one thing we started when i was there was doing like a showcasing of somebody who worked with a nonprofit every week. Um, I think we called it like Millie MVP um, or something like that. And we would highlight somebody who had worked with the nonprofits. We had quotes from their coworkers kind of highlighting all the hard work that they put in. And so I think that was a way that shows that like, you know, Millie is a kind of gateway for people to connect with these nonprofits and see the work that they're doing and then have a hand in that, like rather than, like Millie being like such a big focus. It wasn't us. It's us connecting you to these charities that are doing like the work that you care about, like being able to help out with. So I think stuff like that. And it was all about just showcasing the nonprofits rather than being like, this is what we do. Um, obviously you have to do a little bit of that because you got to tell people what the, what your app is, but, right, but yeah. that's a great example of what you were saying. The brand is all about giving and you taking a step back and mm-hmm. through your social platforms you mimicked visually yeah. what the brand was trying to get across right exactly so I think that was interesting and I also learned just like personally that I definitely valued the data and analytics more than mm. I expect myself to I kind of did it just to have kind of a bit of a flex or a show that I can handle like a lot of math if I was applying to things to like pair with the marketing major. Not that marketing says that you can't do that, but, um, and then I think I realized that I wanted more like either company that had more reach already that had that data to work with or either, um, yeah, just like a way to be a little more grounded in analytics. So I thought it just made like the decisions you're making as a marketer, like it, 
wow, like more like back in confidence and back in numbers that to like right. prove that. So you have that experience, you come back, you take a marketing class, a business <laughs> analytics class yeah. after having this experience. And then you went to Sprout Word the summer after your sophomore or junior year? After junior year. Uh, Somewhere after sophomore year was a lovely COVID-filled summer. Um, So I was supposed to do something actually finance related. I think at the time I was still a finance major or like just like kind of potentially considering not doing that. Everyone so I had a COVID silver lining. Yeah, exactly. So I, I had like a finance major that I, or uh, internship that I ended up getting canceled. Um, but anyways, yeah. So got to summer after junior year, going into senior year. I and so at that point you have a, like you have taken some of these classes, you mm-hmm. have this retrospect, I'm sure your interest in the marketing yeah. field expanded by then. What did you want to get out of Sprout Word? in a different way or it'll start with the same way. Like what, what is Sprout Word? What was your position there? Yeah. So Sprout Word is a digital marketing agency. It's more of a boutique agency. So it's a little smaller and they have a really wide range of clients. So they have both B2B and B2C companies, which is interesting. And I was more enticed by the um, B2C companies right. to be able to sell a product to a consumer. I just felt it was more relatable. So I thought I could maybe do a better job on that type of thing. And I was a digital marketing analyst. Perfect. Yes. And um, so I came into it kind of hoping to get that more data backed opportunity to com- like work with um, data and results and combine that with marketing strategies a little more like broadly. And I think it was a great way to do that. And it was all focused on like digital marketing. So a lot of SEO, like search engine optimization and running Google ads, YouTube ads, Facebook ads, all that for a variety of different clients. And I really uh, thought it was really beneficial that I was able to kind of present in client meetings Mm -hmm. and like, you know, you learn how to make a professional deck for the first time that like, believe it or not, the decks you make for your presentations in class are not the typical well, uh, decks. Too, because you hear the word deck is thrown around and freshman year, if I'm a freshman listening yeah. to this, to me, that means nothing. It's the no. PowerPoint. It's just so funny how as you get older, these little nuances change. Exactly. Something that you brought up that I want to go back to you talking about um, ad placement, you get, I don't know a pet client and a water bottle plant, different clients. How do you think about where to put their ads where they're going to get the most bang for their buck? Right. So there's, um, obviously you, you can do a lot behind the scenes, which is very eye-opening. Um, when you go into Facebook, you can, it's like working, um, in a restaurant for the first time, you like, I host this and you go into the, the back right. and you're like, I'm never eating out again. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I was like, you can, you can, you can target people in, in a lot more ways than like you may, I don't know, I have thought of originally, like when you get that Facebook ad, like there was a very specific reason why it was given to you. Like it's a little alarming. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, so obviously you're, you target based on, you know, your, your, um, ideal customer and that, um, persona that you've probably come up with. And so when we work with the clients there, um, kind of have a lot of that idea for us at least, or say like, this is our target customer or our typical customer. And so then with that, you kind of run ads for that customer and then um, side segments that might be close enough to be pulled into that. So you run two different types of ads. You have um, basically ads targeting new customers and then retargeting current customers or people who have interacted at least with the brand before. 
and these companies have the sort of data to to give if I'm a new customer to serve me one ad and you are a returning customer a different ad. Yeah, exactly. Like wow. entirely. And so yeah. and you can go into Facebook essentially. And uh, we were working for one of the clients that I worked with was a makeup company. And so you can go into Facebook and target. Like I, I had to, one of the things was adding all the target like customer, uh-huh. customer groups um, for one of the ad groups that we were running. And, you know, you look up like competitors. So you're looking up like L'Oreal and blah, blah, blah. So you tell Facebook essentially target any L'Oreal customers. Right, right. And so they'll send that. So if you bought L'Oreal and Facebook has tracked that, maybe you had tapped on something from the brand or even not bought, but interacted with. So Right, but I think these companies sell, like the credit card companies sell your information. Right, yeah. what you're so, buying too to all these companies. Yeah, so, so basically, kind of in the loop. yeah, it's a little, it's a little freaky. So that honestly was something that I like grabbed with a little bit just mm, you know I, I had to watch the social dilemma with oh yeah yeah any of my classes and stuff like that so I definitely had a like kind of push pull with being working so closely on like I'm obviously not um, an analyst for Google, Google right. or Facebook or anything but it's just very interesting to see kind of like the back end of, of how that works but it was really cool and I guess the follow-up question there too is it's a joke more or less for people already to think that Facebook is a platform for finding your college roommate. And that's kind of that. Absolutely, is yeah. that still the, the major platform? I know it's affiliated with Instagram too, or meta more like meta right. Instagram, all these things are connected. Is yeah. that the, the major platform that you're looking at? Yeah, I think, um, well, yeah. Also when I say Facebook, you, at least when we were doing it, this is pre-meta. Um, but, <laughs> uh, we, yeah, you could run Facebook ads on Facebook and then they would also on like that Parlay. same platform arm push to Instagram as well, if you wanted that to be the case. Um, but yeah, so we did, we did a lot of like Instagram, like story ads and stuff like that for the makeup client that I worked on. And then I also worked on a clothing company that was targeted more for the Facebook age user, I would okay. say. Um, so we ran like just true Facebook ads too for them as well as some Instagram, but yeah, I think it definitely depends on like the target customer and there's, and then for that makeup brand, we were looking into like branching into TikTok because it, okay. it had a younger scope. So Gen Z like could be a part of the like target audience. Whereas like, I don't think. Yeah. I was going to ask if um, Sproutward had, or if the firms that you've worked with generally have a specialty in the type of ad that they run because a Facebook or Instagram visual ad is very different than right. a YouTube pop-up or a full-blown YouTube video advertisement. Right. So we would work with like all of those platforms, but the, I guess, thing to note that was interesting was the client gives all of the copy and all the images okay. and all that. So I think that's something I didn't entirely realize was, yeah, that it's very, um, it's very data-driven in the sense that they give you all the content and then you package it into the ad and like kind of in a very zoomed out way, press like go and send and run mm-hmm. on all those ads. Obviously there's way more in between that, but, um, and then you look at like on a daily basis, the like click-through rates, the like sale conversions on those, on all those ads. And then you basically go back to the, you kind of tweak the budget that the client has given you. And then each week, or maybe more often than that, you're meeting with the client and saying like, this is how this performed. This is how this one did how do you want to move forward? We recommend this. Right. But like at the end of the day, the client obviously is the one deciding that. So I think the sale conversion aspect, like that stat, 
Yeah. I always think about that, like how, how that's tracked or the click yeah. to purchases of the time in between. Do you have any insight on that? Just out of my own curiosity. Yeah, yeah. You can like it can um like if you click on an ad, they know, yeah, like they know if like you swipe up on it or anything. And then if you how long you're interacting with it, um, of the site, and then if you've gone, let's so say you get a Facebook ad for like Urban Outfitters, and then you like swipe up on it. Or not Facebook, sorry, Instagram. I, let's know the audience. And then, um, so you swiped up on it, you're on Urban Outfitters, and then you end up adding something in your bag and buying it. Like they know that like you bought it. Cool. But, and they know if you like just clicked on it and then like exited it out, um, clicked on it twice, like they, they know all that. And stuff. then I had a bullet here too. Um, and maybe this isn't applicable given that we just talked about how the client provides most of the copy, but it seems in like visual products, it's in things that are turned around quickly. There's not a ton of intellectual property rights on a visual ad. How do you think about staying competitive, standing out? Are there certain campaigns that you're like, wow, that was, that was great. Yeah. So we, um, there's certain ads that you would run all the time. So you'd have like your evergreen ads. Is that we would call it. Um, and then you'd have like the more seasonal, like sale ones or summer promos and stuff like that. And it was really interesting. I really liked seeing how like the ads for different clients or different, um, clients products for like like the makeup company, we would have like a mascara one and eyeshadow one and for like, or even within all the ones for the eyeshadow one, like did the ad with just one model perform better or the ad with like three models perform Mm. better. And I thought that was like the most interesting part of it. So that's kind of where the creative analysis came in and figuring out, yeah, just how it was um, probably at least for at least what I was exposed to a little more introspective rather than super closely looking at how competitors ads are doing because we didn't have that insight onto their specific ad performance. But obviously just in terms of like you want your own company to do well. But yeah, so I really liked that. And then being able to go back to the client being like, oh, the ad that had the dot, 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 see more performed worse than the one that had the full copy showing. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, also, you know, there's a lot of factors in that. So you right. can't make one-to-one um, conclusions from well, you that. you can notice trends over Yeah, time. exactly. So that was really, I thought that was kind of the most exciting part of it was diving into that a little bit. And then let's jump to today. I, like you even prefaced prefaced this a little bit. It's fun to work at or be associated yeah. with a well-known brand. When I was looking through, I, I filtered a search by marketing alumni and I found myself in terms of that, picking out a lot of the products that I recognize. Right. Like some of the yeah. others on the list, like I picked your name out. I picked someone from Amex, someone from Bose, like big mm-hmm. names because you, we associate, I think, marketing more yeah. with products and services, even yeah. though they're two completely, or maybe they're they're more similar than I than I think they are. But just talk about definitely your recruiting process full time. I'd be interested in that going yeah. to a bigger company as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think in terms of like the um, marketing product versus marketing service, especially like B two C versus B two B. I think and one thing is I think BC does not do a good job of marketing B two B like teaching you a lot about mm. that. But yeah, so I think kind of going into that, obviously I, I was more drawn to that type of thing, both because I could tangibly interact with the product and had learned more about marketing techniques for that type of product. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I actually wasn't entirely 
actively looking. I was debating returning to Sproutward. Um, and then I had interviewed with and applied to a couple of like similar type of roles just right. to see um, what that like might look like across companies. And for marketing timeline wise, that was super late. I, I had applied to a couple of things earlier, but you know, not hearing back a ton. Or honestly, like I wasn't that focused on it because I knew a lot of the marketing things that I was more interested in were like at the very end of. Right. And how stressful year. is that when there's this fun so culture, so not fun. comes back senior year with their Yeah. Dogs. Like it's so not fun. Um, but yeah, so I was kind of honestly planning on returning to Sproutward and then Kava like came out of the blue because my professor from Tech Track, a class at BC, we had to use oh, yeah. Twitter in that class. And so he like had posted on Twitter. I think, I think the class had ended. Like we were maybe in finals. Like it was the very end of the year. And he said, Oh, I have a digital product analyst role. Like let me know if anyone's interested. He didn't say like what company thing. He just said like a BC alum had to reach out to him. And I knew like what digital product meant um, in terms of that being under the branch of product management, because I earlier in throughout like my BC career and all that, when I was looking at what types of jobs there were, I was, I think that is something that maybe a lot of other marketers, marketing majors might find as a struggle. Product management. Yeah. It's just figuring out like what jobs exist. Like you can look up marketing specialists or like marketing analysts, but a, what does that look like? And B, like, mm-hmm. what else is there? Because there's got to be more than two job titles for a marketing major. And right. <laughs> there's like, you can do like so much with that. And so I had known about like what product management was, but I honestly was a little like, kind of disheartened probably of thinking I didn't have the experience to go into something like that. And give us a high level of, of product management. Yeah. So product management is kind of like you're, again, you're working on a product that you on your company selling so it could be directly to a consumer or it could be you know for like a b2b or like a service like you can still have a product manager on that and so and then you're just working to continually enhance it or again like design it to the best of your abilities for the customer right and it's very collaborative type of roles you're working with especially in the digital world like you're working with developers app developers the marketing team for them to provide like the designs of what they want it to look like. And it's really fun focus on functionality and um, yeah, kind of like usage of Perfect. the product. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to highlight just for people listening, because this is definitely something that would have confused me. Like maybe yeah. two, three years ago is thinking of websites, thinking of apps as a product themselves mm-hmm. and first just the bolt that you get by the end of right. it. Like right, the, the exactly. website is is a product, I guess, more to the business, but also to right. the consumer because it's a value add that gets you to your goal of going there and eating. So that's just yeah, exactly. yeah. And so I had heard of like product management, um, and I'd seen some like marketing meters down the line being product management, like um, I think Gillette, um, like and that um, the longer they have a lot of. Um, companies like that or I'm like no anyways um but yeah so I heard of it but I didn't think I really had like background for it at all but because my professor posted I was like oh it sounds interesting and I mean if he's messaging our class then right it must be somewhat like in the pool of like somebody who could work for that type of role and then he ended up connecting 
I had emailed him and he said it was for Kava. And I was like, let's go. This was, <laughs> this was incredible. And, um, and then the connect who had reached out the BC alum who had connected with him, uh, was somebody that I had matched with on Eagle exchange as like Perfect. a mentorship program. And so I had talked with her like once or twice, um, sophomore or I guess junior year, kind of looking for a career guidance. And, um, and so then when he said her name, I was like, this is a match made in heaven. And so, yeah, so it like, it, very, it was very lucky. And then I ended up like interviewing and a few different inter- interviews and process. And they, I think one of the things with like a lot of the marketing jobs is again, they start so late in terms of recruiting and they want you to start very soon. Mm. So another job that I had been interviewing with was a, a digital marketing agency. So very similar work to Sproutword. And they had wanted me to start very early in the summer and I had travel plans and I wanted my summer. Like, I, I can't lie. It's like, it's your last summer. Hey. And even my parents were saying like, it's your last summer you can enjoy it. And so if they were saying that, I was like, oh, this is a green light. Like I can actually have a summer, um, at least a bit. You can see I still started in July anyways, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I think a lot of the marketing jobs, like they will come up later and don't, don't worry if you are a marketing major. Looking yeah. To I think marketing. that's really assuring for people to hear, honestly. Yeah. And so, then a quick follow-up on that. Did you ever think about or or tentative toward transitioning away from agency to a direct business? I think after Sproutword, I was definitely intrigued by working for a company rather than an agency because of that realization I had that I, I really liked looking into that creative analysis and looking at like the company's strategy. But it was a little frustrating in that agency world, not being able to make those decisions at the end of the day, you have to like clear it all. Or like, it's just a recommendation for the client. And even when like, it's, I think I was eager to almost be in the room for the conversations where they were deciding what the ad was going to look like or something like that, instead of being the one who's given that and then is pumping it through um, like production and all that. So I think that realization definitely sparked me thinking of like, Oh, maybe I'd be potentially better fit for a product or a brand company instead of an agency type company. So, and that I'm definitely enjoying at Kava is like kind of being able to like stand with your brand, even if the brand is hummus, but um, <laughs> like, I'm <laughs> like, I think it's just like uh, nice to have something a tangible. Right. And by that, I mean like both the food, but also like the website and the app, like I, like I have it on my phone and if we make a change to it, like you can see it on your phone. So it's like just kind of exciting to, be able to like see your work already in action a little bit. I guess the the question from there is what has been the big learning curve since you started? And it doesn't even have to be focused on that. It could be post-grad related, mm-hmm. moving into an apartment for the first time yeah. outside of school. I think in terms of like job specific, um, like you, and I'm sure like you might have heard this, but like you just you learn everything you need to know mm-hmm. a lot of it, at least on the job. And so, especially in like product management, I had never, BC doesn't really have classes like that, or maybe I just couldn't find them on the horrible sites that we use to pick our classes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so I had honestly such a like limited idea of what to expect. And so you kind of start and 
coworkers are teaching you how to use these platforms because it's Kava is still a startup technically. Um, it's like we didn't have this formal, no Deloitte University here, oh, like no cool. formal training like that in that sense, but training from like your coworkers. So they're explaining me how to use the different platforms that we use. And so there's a lot of learning again, like when you start and um, learning from your peers, I think is really valuable. And then um, in terms of like outside of career, absolutely. Um, moving in is chaos and I'm not going to hang up photos of <laughs> personal learning. Um, <laughs> but life after is good. You have nothing to fear. It's so satisfying to like shut off your computer and like mm-hmm. I have a I have a separate work computer and you you close it and you're done and Kava is great in terms of um like work-life balance it's it's nine to five and I think you'd probably see that with I'm not going to say all or even many but like I think in general product management is not the same like hours as you might hear as consulting or investment banking type grind um but yeah so I think like the weekends feel so much more freeing. Like mm. Sunday rolls around and you don't have that looming homework. You have the whole day to do whatever you want and like recharge or like go nice. do something fun, which is really nice. So I think there's there's good things coming for anyone who's going to graduate. Honestly, that's <laughs> the most optimistic thing I've ever heard about post-grad. So I that makes me really excited. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think one of my, my most interesting meetings, which <laughs> I think maybe not as the most interesting to everybody, but I thought it was really kind of cool to see how much thought went into these little details was like my, maybe my first or second week I was sitting in on a meeting and we were just thinking out out of stock scenarios. So if you are going through the ordering process on the app or on the website and um, you select an ingredient and then it's in stock, but by the time you get to checkout, it's now out of stock and you try to order it but then you need to basically obviously design all these systems in place for the website to know what error message to display and how far in the process to bring you back. Like, do you clear your order? Do you just say, oh, one ingredient is out and you have to go back and like build your bowl from a different thing. And so it's like these tiny little super mundane details Mm -hmm. that you're, they're like little logic puzzles because you have to think through all like the hypothetical scenarios of how a user is going to interact with your site or your app and then figure out all the like you have to have all your bases covered essentially because if something that goes wrong that you didn't plan for then like the site has nothing like nothing designed for it no functionality ready for the user so you have to really think through all the ways that a user is going to interact with your product which i think was like really interesting and just like i had no idea right and the poor poor person on the back end writing all these if then statements i'm just thinking of my one roommate who if she's going to order something anywhere it is custom it has sides it has like stuff removed right Right. someone's building this on the back end of it that's so funny yeah and so it's like and like when you tap on the ingredient like do you want it to show a check mark or like the number one if you're only doing one like all these kind of tiny little details that i annoyed like i just never thought twice about using a site or a product and being, oh yeah like somebody made the conscious decision to like have that be yellow mm-hmm. or something like that and like we like those are kind of the conversations that we have all the time which is i think it's super interesting but yeah, I think little creation over yeah attention to detail i think walking out of this summer I, I, my attention to detail yeah. i'd probably say was like my biggest improvement obviously yeah. i learned 
so much. I feel so knowledgeable like being on campus and just hearing words that I never would have just known yeah. what they meant in context before. But I think even hard skills, as crazy as to say, attention to detail, I yeah. am so much more keen on now. Yeah, no, it's like, it's so crazy how much that can improve when you, like, I feel like it's so disregarded as, you go, oh yeah, like I, I'm detail oriented, but I'm like, are you? Like, how, how, by how much? Right. <laughs> yeah. So is everyone. So now we need yeah. to start ranking. Are we like, check mark first number detail oriented? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. so much there versus there kind of detail yeah. oriented. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. And I always end is there anything that I didn't ask or that you wanted to talk about that has been really important to you? If not, I think this was amazing. Um, I think it just general advice, I guess. I wish I could have like shaken my freshman, sophomore yourself and like set at her was definitely be confident in like reaching out to people. Tragic word of networking. I hated it. Literally part of the reason I quit, like the investment making track, like I was like, (laughs) this is not for me. Um, But people, especially if you look at your alumni network are so eager to talk and kind of be mentors. I think especially for BC, like that's a huge character trait. And so I think it can just be so helpful, even if it's not like for the end goal of an internship, I think exploratory calling people and even just like chatting with them in the sense of like hearing about what their job is. Cause I was so frustrated with school, like not knowing what these different jobs looked like. So I would like be calling up random BC graduates and be like, but what do you, what do you do on a day? Right. That, and, like, honestly, they, that's the yeah. goal of this. Yeah. So like, I would have them like walk me through their day. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I would hate that. Or I'd be like, Oh, I, I would love that. And so <laughs> then I like kind of like narrowing things down from there and like putting yourself out there, like going to these campus events, going to an interest meeting for a club. If you think it's even remotely, it's interesting. Cause I definitely didn't do that that much. That was definitely, I feel like a big takeaway is don't be afraid to try to put in like a little time and it will definitely like be helpful. And even if it's, even if it's awkward, even if it's a really awkward 15 right. minutes and you regret it, like, it's fine. You're good. You're done. Do it again. And I do not think that that could be reiterated enough. Caroline, thank you so much for, for giving us the time today. This was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope we can give a little bit of clarity to, to somebody who's 